Shade looms above her, his skull-like face crumbling as the power within him threatens to spill out. Emily stumbles backwards, clutching desperately for something, anything she can use as a weapon. But there is nothing. The necromancer grabs her shirt, holds her to her feet, and draws a stone knife from his belt. Emily feels her entire body go limp as he holds the knife in front of her eyes, then stabs it into her chest. Emily snapped awake, feeling sweat pouring down her back and onto the blanket. For a long moment, she was unsure where and when she was. The nightmare had been so strong that part of her half wondered if Shade had killed her, and everything she'd experienced had been nothing more than the final flickers of life before she died. And then she forced herself to remember, somehow, that she was in a tent in the blighted land. She'd had nightmares every night since they'd crossed the craggy mountains and started their long walk towards the dark fortress. Just a dream, she told herself as she wiped her forehead. The prospect of returning to Shade's fortress, where she'd barely escaped with her life, was terrifying. If there hadn't been a very real possibility she'd inherited Shade's possessions, she wouldn't have chosen to come within a thousand miles of the place. It was just a nightmare. It wasn't real. She started as something slithered towards her, but smiled as Aurelius butted his head into her thigh. The Death Viper looked up at her, beseechingly, his golden eyes somehow managing to convey a sense of hunger, even though she'd fed him only the previous night, and he should still be digesting his meal. Emily had been told, when she'd brought the snake back to Whitehall, that Death Vipers could live for weeks without eating while their last meal was digesting in their bellies, but Aurelius seemed to disagree. Perhaps the familiar bond that tied them together demanded more energy. Or perhaps he's picking up on my hunger, she thought, as she sat upright and picked up the snake. I could do with something to eat, too. Aurelia slithered forward. She giggled helplessly as the snake crawled up her arm and settled around her neck. She reached into her pack, pulled out a piece of dried meat, and offered it to Aurelius, then pulled her trousers on, followed by her shirt. Sleeping without her clothes hadn't been easy, but it had just been too hot inside the tent. She knew several spells to chill the air, but the Grand Master had forbidden her to use magic unless it was urgent. Thankfully, he'd insisted on keeping watch half the night, rather than sharing a tent with her. She crawled forward and opened the flap, then poked her head out of the tent. The Grand Master was sitting in front of a fire, his back to her, cooking something that smelled faintly like bacon, although she had no idea if it was. It smelled good, but the stench of the blighted lands, a faint hint of burning that seemed to grow stronger with every breath she took, threatened to overpower it. Good morning, Emily, the Grand Master said. I trust you slept well. Well enough, Emily lied. There was no point in complaining about the nightmares. And yourself? You know I don't sleep, the Grand Master said. I assumed it was a metaphor, Emily thought ruefully. But it was true. The Grand Master hadn't slept since the day they'd walked through the mountains and into the blighted lands. It can't be good for his mental health. She pushed the thought aside as she stood and looked around. The blighted lands were strange, perhaps the strangest place she'd ever seen. Lands that had once been green and verdant were now covered in a thin layer of ash. There wasn't a single living thing in sight apart from the pair of them. A faint haze shimmered in the air, making it hard to see beyond a few dozen meters. The sky was a dull gray, the sun barely bright enough to burn through the clouds hanging in the sky. The air was unnaturally still, tinted with the faint scent of burning, 
and wisps of raw magic that danced across her awareness for long seconds before fading away. She could barely force herself to remain calm, even though she knew there was no real threat. The landscape spoke to her on a very primal level. It looked very much like hell. I'm pleased to see your monster is taking things calmly, the Grand Master said as she paced around the campsite before looking at him. He was a short, wizened man with a dirty cloth wrapped around his eyes, but he was surrounded by an aura of power she knew to take seriously. I was worried, but I would have preferred not to deprive you of your familiar. Emily nodded. If anyone else had tried to wear a death viper as a necklace, she knew all too well. They would have died before they could wrap it around their necks. It was hard to remember sometimes that Aurelius was one of the deadliest creatures known to exist, with a venom so poisonous that even a mere touch could prove fatal. Only the familiar bond protected her from the snake, allowing her to keep Aurelius as a secret weapon. He'd already saved her life twice. He seems to be happier here than I am, Emily admitted. She squatted down and took the mug he offered her with a nod of thanks. The kava tasted strong, but she knew from experience that it would jolt her awake. Is that normal? The blighted lands may be where the death vipers were spawned, the Grand Master said as he ladled food onto two plates. He may feel like he's home. Emily looked up, staring at the mountains in the distance. I hope not, she muttered. I wouldn't want to live here. The Grand Master laughed and passed her a plate of food. Eat quickly, he urged as Emily took it. I want to get to the dark fortress before it gets dark. Emily swallowed. Years ago, so long ago it seemed almost like another life, Shade had accidentally brought her to the nameless world, seeking a child of destiny. It had never occurred to him that someone would be named Destiny, or that her child would be a literal child of destiny. Shade had meant to kill her, to sacrifice her to something called the Harrowing, yet in some ways she was almost grateful to the mad necromancer. If she'd stayed on Earth, trapped between her stepfather and her suicidal urges, she was sure she would be dead by now. Yes, sir, she said, as she ate her meal. It tasted better than anything she'd cooked back on Earth, although the ever-present scent of burning had worked its way into the food. How long will it take us to get there? About an hour the Grand Master said, unless we run into trouble, that is. <laughs>